What happens if you can't work out? Are you going to gain all this weight back? What happens if you exercise on a regular basis and then suddenly you can't work out? Are you destined to lose muscle? Do you need to cut back on your calories? And how long does it actually take to lose the progress you've already made? I'm Shalene Johnson. Welcome to The Shalene Show. That's what we're talking about here today. And thank you so much for joining me. This is personal for me. It's probably personal for you too. I assume that's why you're listening to this episode. As you may or may not know, those of you who maybe are new here, I've been in the, gosh, I've been exercising. Let's just say that. Who cares how long I've been in whatever industry? I've been exercising since, you know, pretty much age 13, I would say. And I'm sure there are many of you who have been exercising most of your lives. Now you get to this point where either you have an injury or something happens, or you just feel as though, like, maybe it's because of aging, you just can't work out like you used to. Maybe you've got a lower body injury, so you can only do upper body. Or maybe you've just always done cardio and now you have a foot injury and so you you can't do any, or you assume you can't do any cardio. So first I wanna talk about like all the reasons why it might be that you are beating yourself up over this. For many of us, especially, I mean, I, I know it's true for me, like exercise is your drug. Like this is my drug of choice. It is what I do to feel normal. It's like, how would you feel if you brush your teeth every single day and then someone said, I'm sorry, for a period of time, you're not gonna be able to brush your teeth. Even that would like throw you for a loop. So first of all, it's not that weird. It's not that abnormal. In fact, it is very normal to just feel a little sad, dare I say, sometimes even depressed for people who exercise isn't just something they do to feel good. It's a part of who they are. It's your social environment. It's your identity. It's how you define yourself. It's how you start your day. It's your routine. It's all those things. And then when it either is changed or drastically reduced, or it's just taken away from you for whatever reason, or maybe it's just something minor. Like maybe you just haven't been able to be as consistent as you'd like to because of a family illness, your own illness, an injury, the holidays. I mean, there's a whole number of reasons why there are times when we just can't exercise the way we once did. And it can really take a toll on your mental state. I know I've been there so many different times in my life. And each and every time I just don't feel like myself. And that has forced me to take a look at why I don't feel like myself. What is like really to dig deep? And I'm going to ask you to do this too, to dig deep and ask yourself, why do I feel unhappy? And I'll share with you very personally why I discovered it made me feel unhappy is because I recognized a part of how I viewed myself was how the world viewed me. And I feared that if I didn't exercise as hard or if I couldn't exercise or if I had to take time off, well, then that would mean in my mind that I was going to lose my muscle, lose the progress, gain weight. And then therefore, I would not be enough. I would not be worthy. I would not be accepted. I would potentially lose my job when I was in the industry. I would lose the respect of my peers. I would lose the progress I'd made. What if, God forbid, I lost that habit? Like that was a fear too. And I think just taking a moment to recognize that that's there. And it's not to say you have to fix it, but it's acknowledging it and knowing like where it comes from was a huge help for me. And then it was just looking at, okay, what is it, first of all, that I can and should do? There are times when it's actually to your benefit to take a break. So 
For the sake of consistency, today we're talking about having to take a break or having to work out with less intensity for a prolonged period of time. I'm actually, I'm in our bedroom here and I am wearing my new champagne colored robe. It's the most beautiful, thick, silk, comfy, like luxurious robe I've ever owned, I swear to you. And it's made by Blissey. You might remember that like a couple weeks ago, I told you about this spray that I found that I've been spraying on my pillows and the eye mask that I use and the silk pillow case, right? Like, so I'm trying to improve the quality of my hair and everyone's been raving about like, or saying, you you know, you really need to switch to a silk pillowcase. And I'm like, really? Does it really make that big of a difference? I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's changed the health of my hair. I don't wake up in the morning with my hair like in a big knot. And so it's this blissy pillowcase. And then I've been spraying my pillowcase with this. It's like a eucalyptus spray. It's insane. It makes your bedroom smell like a spa. There is no better time than right now to go and check out their website because they've got so many cool things. Like, And they've got tons of raving fans besides me. And they also have a risk-free 60-night guarantee that you can try, like whatever it is, a robe or a pillowcase, whatever. Okay, and get this, for a limited time, Blissey is giving my listeners an additional 30% off. That's a total of 55% off. What the what? Yes, plus free shipping. 55% off plus free shipping. Hello, go there. The link is in the show description or just go to com forward slash Shaleen. Use code Shaleen. That gets you 55% off. That's insane. Stock up. So for the sake of consistency, today we're talking about having to take a break or having to work out with less intensity for a prolonged period of time. Maybe that means different. Maybe that means not doing as many days per week. Maybe that means you can't do upper body because you have a lower body injury. It just means like things are different. And when that's the case, the most important thing I've found that helps me is to just recognize that like this is God's intention. Like this is for my highest. Please believe me. Whenever I've had an injury that prevented me from going to the gym entirely, like on my back, in a bed, which happened like, I mean, it's happened a couple of different times. I've broken ribs. I have uh, fractured bones. I have tore a hamstring off the bone, which is a hamstring avulsion. You just can't move. There's no like, oh, maybe I'll do upper body. It's like, maybe I can get some assistance to sit up. Like, that's how bad it is. And whenever that's happened, and I, you know, I allow myself a moment to like be really bummed out about it and to like be so angry and resentful that everyone else gets to exercise. And why would this happen to me? And, and you know, just all the doom and gloom thoughts that I would have. Eventually, I would just turn to my face and remember that all of this was planned for me before I was even conceived. And, you know, if you're not a person of faith, that's fine. I am. And I'm going to share mine with you because I think having faith really can help you through these times where you're like, I don't like this. I don't understand this. I don't know why I don't want this. And I don't know why this is happening to me. And it is to remember that it's happening for you. And I know that sounds like a cliche, But every single time that's happened to me, something remarkable has evolved either in my business or in my relationships that I needed to have those additional hours, that additional time to figure it out, to make it happen, to discover it, to experience it. And so what is that for you right now? So 
I'm going through this again. That's why I'm making this up. Like every episode I ever make is always because it's like something I'm going through. So thanks for being here with me. But while we were in France, I did something on a squat machine and I felt a little pop in the opposite glute of the one that I'd injured like five years ago, the hamstring abulsion. And it doesn't surprise me that I have an injury in what I formerly called the good leg. So we'll call it the good leg is my right leg. It was my right leg. And it didn't surprise me because think about it. When you have a hamstring avulsion, you're rehabbing it. You just automatically, you get in the habit of using the other leg. And so I'm sure it was overdeveloped. I'm sure I'm overusing it. I'm sure there, I'd created some imbalances, which is why it's so important for you to, you know, work with somebody who helps you. If you're an athlete, if you're someone who like training is so important to you, you got to keep those imbalances in check. Like a good kinesiologist, certain chiropractors, physical therapists, personal trainers, they're the best. Anyways, so I feel this pop. And it wasn't an avulsion because I could walk. And I was like, okay, so I did something. And it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty sore. I mean, okay, really sore. Sore enough that I couldn't do any lower body for like, um, maybe a week, but I still did like quads and things. And then it was tender. And I told myself, just work through it. Like, you don't want to lose progress. So let's just keep working through it. It has now been nine weeks and it's still sore. It's still sore because I haven't given it a chance to rest. I've still been walking on the treadmill at an incline. I've still been doing my lower body exercises, lighter for that leg, obviously, et cetera. But then, you know, I just realized like, it's just not gonna get better until I rest it. I've said that and I know that, but am I doing that? No. Now, as I said, we're in like another hotel room. We've been, you know, traveling the world for the last six months and the last... I guess three weeks, we've been in the United States and just doing like quick little jumps from family members to hotels to family members to hotels. And it's been a lot of moving around, a lot of like funky, weird beds. You know, you're sleeping in a different bed, different situation. And P.S., by the way, if you did not see the episode that I did on mouth taping and sleep position and what it's done for my face, I want you to watch that, even if you're listening on whatever podcast app you're listening to, go back and literally watch this video. It is blown up. It has gone viral for me anyways on YouTube. And a lot of that video, we talk and show different sleep positions. And But I didn't go in depth into how to master certain sleep positions and why certain sleep positions are bad for your body. We talked about like why they're hard on your face, but they're hard on your body. And so sleeping in all these different beds and different locations has meant that I'm just out of whack. Like my whole body has gotten out of joint and I started getting like really bad shoulder pain and then bicep pain and then started going into the forearm. And then it got to the point where it's like, I couldn't even hold like a piece of paper in that hand. Like this arm was just killing me. And I know it's all related to that. So now I'm like, okay, I'd like to give my lower body a week or two off and just lift upper body and just continue to do my cardio. And then I'm like, okay, but now I really can only lift on one. So what am I doing at the gym lifting for one arm? What am I doing? You know what I'm doing? I'm prolonging the process. I'm ignoring the fact that someone wants me to take a break from strength training and let my body heal. There must be a reason behind this. There is significance behind allowing your body to heal. I'm telling you I'm going to do this because I need to do this. I know I can figure out other things to do in the gym, but I really do feel like this is a time and a sign for me to just take a complete maybe two-week break from lifting 
and not continuing to like overstretch and rolling out and just constantly like massaging those two sore spots and making them even more tender because there's a lot of incredible research and and experts who that are in agreement that when we continually stretch and rub and roll out and use theragons on these like sometimes torn or at least very tender muscles muscles where maybe maybe just strained that we're actually creating more damage with that in mind i'm going to give myself permission to rest and in fact i gave myself permission to do that yesterday can we talk about green chef for a moment i heard this company advertised on another podcast that i absolutely love and the host lost a bunch of weight by having keto meals delivered, which I did not know you could do. So anyways, I know a whole bunch of you just signed up for my fitness subscription on Instagram where I'm I'm showing you exactly what to do to get in incredible shape, build muscle. But what I'm not giving you are meal plans because everybody wants something a little different. And that's where Green Chef comes in because they make it so easy, whether you're, I don't know, maybe you're vegan or vegetarian or you need everything to be gluten-free, or maybe you're totally on a keto phase. Whatever way you're phasing your diet, whatever your dietary needs, they will put together recipes that suit all of your preferences. And then they send you a meal kit. And by the way, it's a myth. Like if you're thinking, well, if I get these meals delivered, isn't that super expensive? No, actually, with Green Chef, you're going to reduce your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping. Okay, but this part is going to blow your mind. Green Chef is giving listeners, are you ready for this? 60% off plus free shipping. Go to greenchef.com forward slash Shaleen 60. So it's not just my name. You want to put six zero, the number after my name because you want 60% off plus free shipping. Again, greenchef.com forward slash Shaleen 60. Not just any meal kit, the number one meal kit for eating well. I'm going to give myself permission to rest. And in fact, I gave myself permission to do that yesterday. This is so crazy. I'm like, I don't need to lift, even though like lifting is my love. I'm like, I don't need to lift. I'm just going to walk. That's my form of cardio. I love it. I have been so happy about the changes it's made in my body, just strength training and walking. Those two things. If you didn't get to listen to that episode, I did a whole episode talking about like what my exact workout routine is now that's helped me to be leaner. I like my body better. I think my skin looks better. I think, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like delusional, but like I, I'm like, I'm working out so much less. It's so much less taxing on my body and I'm getting better results. And that was walking and strength training. So anyways, I'm taking the break from the strength training, but you can see my full routine by listening to the episode where I break that down. I'll put a link to it at the top of our show notes. So, all right. So I decided I'm going to walk yesterday and I put on my new shoes, my new on cloud shoes. Have you tried those? I don't know what I think yet. I'm not sure. They kind of make my foot look too wide. But anyways, so I put on my new on clouds and I start walking and walking and I'm like, I'm getting blisters. When's the last time I got a blister? And sure enough, I got blisters on the back of both of my heels once I was like mm, 25 minutes out. So bad. I take my shoes off. And for again, so do I walk home barefoot? Listen, I can barely wear a tennis shoe. I mean, because that means I'm, I'm literally Barbie. Like I need to be elevated. My heels need to be up. I cannot be barefoot. And so I'm like, okay, so I guess I guess I have to go barefoot. So I, I literally, I'm in Park City, Utah. So I literally called my son. I'm like, can you come pick me up? He's like, why aren't you wearing shoes? I'm like, yeah, it's a long story. And I, I just thought to myself, I wonder 
if this is a sign that I'm just supposed to be resting, doing nothing, that goes against like who I am, my principles, right? Like if I can do something, I should do something. That's my mindset. And I think for a lot of us, we're stuck in this mindset where we believe because it's been brainwashed into us that if we don't exercise every single day, we're going to gain weight, we're going to lose muscle, we're going to lose the habit, we're going to be a slobby, flabby, melty mush of pile of a waste of a human being. Like it has been pounded into many of us, our heads, that we not only do we need to exercise every single day, but like it has to be difficult too. Like the difficult piece, it took me probably two or three years to break. I mean, I used to believe if I didn't feel like I had left every last ounce of energy, if I didn't feel fully depleted, if I wasn't crawling out of the gym with sweat dripping down, my hair sopping wet, sweat in my eyes, mascara off, clothes drenched, that it wasn't a decent workout. And what's crazy to me now is for the last, I don't know, five or six years, I rarely, I can't think of the last time I'd done a workout where I was drenched in sweat. You just don't have to work that hard. And here's the crazy thing about taking a break. Exercise is a stressor. It does create oxidative stress in the body. That's why we know that long endurance training is not for everyone. There are a lot of people who they do not realize the damage that they're doing by putting their bodies through that kind of torture endlessly day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Most of us, our bodies were not meant to take that type of torture and training, I should say. <laughs> I call it torture. I certainly know that my body responded so much better after I stopped training as hard as I was training and learned that I could actually get better results, that I was cannibalizing my own muscles, that I wasn't giving them the opportunity to strengthen and grow. Because even if I was resting, I was coming back so hard the next day that I was depleting most of my gains. It is in our rest periods that your body actually repairs muscle tissues. It is when we use our glycogen stores. And that is why you're not going to gain weight if you take a couple of days off training. The body has something very beautiful known as homeostasis. And you've experienced this when you've had one of those days or nights where you ate all the things you normally would not eat and you drank things you would not normally drink. And you know maybe it was like a weekend away or whatever and you get back home and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm certain I've gained 10 pounds. And you get on the scale and you're the same. And you're like, how? Thank you, body. Yeah, your body has a set point. It pretty much wants to stay where you are. So in order for you to significantly gain weight because of this rest period, you would have to dramatically increase your calorie intake, not just a maintenance level, but like increase your calorie intake considerably and become even less active. Like I can still be active even though I don't necessarily need to exercise for a couple of days or you might need to take a couple of days off. And in fact, I think it's really important. I mean, I know we're talking about like doing something that's extended where you're in a new phase of your life and you can't work out as hard as you once did or or like I said, you're on vacation, there's an injury, some circumstance that prevents you from putting in the type of hours and intensity that you once did. But don't forget how essential it is to your progress for you to be taking at least one to two days off of exercise, of training every week. I know that is so hard for us to accept. Can you still walk? Of course. But should you be lifting heavy? Should you be doing your strenuous cardiovascular activities? No, at least two days a week. 
you're going to see better results. You're going to have a better body. Your metabolism will thank you. Every part of you will perform better if you give yourself adequate rest. Now, when we're talking about taking just a couple of days and sometimes just a week off, I have found, because I've been working with people for more than 25 years, time after time after time, when I had a client or someone who I was working with who had to take like a week off or even two weeks off, they always lost weight. Why? Well, number one, because our muscles hold on to glycogen. That's where our muscles dip into that glycogen store while we're exercising. So if you're not exercising, that's number one, you're going to see a reduction in that glycogen. So that's also one of the reasons why I'm sure if you lift weights on a regular basis and you've ever had to take like a week off from training, you're like, wait, like I am just soft. Like you just feel like mushy a little bit. You don't feel as pumped up, if you will. Well, it's not that you've lost muscle tissue. In fact, it takes considerably longer to lose muscle tissue. I want to share with you this study in a study published in PubMed. This is a meta-analysis. And a meta-analysis is when they take a group of studies. In this particular meta-analysis, they looked at six different studies, eight different groups, measuring the loss of muscle when people went from lifting to not lifting, all adults. And it's quite remarkable to read that there was very little change in muscle composition, very little change until about the 12-week mark. In fact, minimal changes from 12 to 24 weeks, significant changes after the 24-week mark where people start to lose muscle. But overall, this research, again, looking at six different studies, found that it took about a year before people really started losing muscle. And remember, that's someone who was going from exercising to not exercising or lifting to not lifting in this particular study. Very different, however, from studies that we've done on bed rest. Now, just to be perfectly clear, when you're on bed rest, when a muscle is completely inactive, I'm not talking about, you know, you're not lifting weights at the gym. I'm talking about like, you know, your arm is in a cast and you're not able to use that muscle at all or you're put on complete bed rest for whatever reason there is significant loss of muscle and that significant loss of muscle has a dramatic impact on insulin levels. And that is again, why I want to encourage any of you who are doing the GLP-1s that you are including a proper uh, dietary plan with adequate protein and strength training. We've got to get muscle in your body. You got to make sure that you maintain that muscle because that is a key to your metabolism. Whether you're on this for a long time or it's just a short duration, you must maintain that muscle. But likely what you're feeling is that the muscles just feel a little less inflated, if you will. Okay, ladies, I have to interrupt this episode for just a moment to talk about something that just never really worked out for me, and that is shapewear. I have so many friends who wear industrial strength, spanks, undergarments that supposedly suck you in, But whenever I tried them, I felt like it just pushed all of my parts into like another area. So I'd like have a roll in a place where I didn't need a roll or like the undergarments would like roll down. Or if they didn't do that, they just, I don't know, I didn't see a difference. So I didn't understand the point of wearing extra garments underneath my garments until Honey Love. I don't know what it is about their technology. I'm not an expert, but I do know this. The stuff works. And it's why they are the number one rated wedding shapewear. So I don't know if you're going to be the bride or maybe you're going to be the mother of the bride or the mother of the groom or maybe you're just going to a wedding this summer. And I don't know why I'm talking about weddings. I guess 
because that's when I think about wearing something that shows every lump and bump and you just want to look your best at a wedding or maybe you just want to look your best this summer. If that's you, honey love is your answer. I'm telling you, their shapewear does not roll down. It lifts you where it's supposed to lift you. And for whatever reason, it like just smooths everything out so you don't just push all of your extra parts into a place where they don't belong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And because you're a listener of The Shaleen Show, you get 20% off when you go to my link. It's honeylove.com forward slash Shaleen. So you don't have to remember a code. In fact, you don't even have to remember that link because we put it right at the top of your show notes. You're going to thank me later. Trust me. You get 20% off. This is shapewear unlike any other. Check it out. Give it a try. Honeylove.com forward slash Shaleen. You're welcome. All right, back to the show. Likely what you're feeling is that the muscles just feel a little less inflated, if you will. Physique trainers and bodybuilders, they know this very well. So they make sure that just before they go on stage, even though they need to look their leanest, they oftentimes will consume a meal that's really high in carbohydrates to boost their glycogen levels so that the muscles appear rounder. Does that mean that they have more muscle tissue? No, it just gives you that appearance. Another reason why you often will experience some kind of at least minor weight loss and your clothes might even fit better when you take a week or two off is reduction of inflammation. If you are a regular exerciser, exercise, as I said, in of itself is a stressor. And the harder you're going and the less recovery, appropriate recovery that you're giving yourself, the more total body inflammation you're holding on to and you don't even realize it. And what is inflammation? Inflammation is the body's way of protecting tissues. You know this to be true. It's like if you've ever thought you broke your arm or rolled your ankle, what happens immediately? It swells up, right? Like you get this big old giant cankle and it's so swollen. You're like, that is the body's way of almost like putting a cast around the injury. The body sends fluid to wherever there is soft tissue damage to kind of protect that area. And if the body is sending water or fluids to that area, right? And it's systemic, like you're always inflamed and you don't even realize it, you are automatically carrying more water weight than you realize. And so when we give our bodies a chance to be less inflamed, we're going to lose that water. And oftentimes you'll see that reflected on the scale. Again, don't let that freak you out. Like that, that's why I hate the scale, right? Because it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it says something, but it's not saying a lot about like really what's going on because there's so many things going on. Remember when you get on the scale, we're talking about the water that you're holding, the glycogen that you're holding, your bones. Sometimes it's been a while, perhaps, since you ate your last meal or had a bowel movement. So like all these things affect your weight. So I literally never weigh myself. I use my eyeballs, the mirror, and my clothes. And I'm like, are we good? We're good. Like, why do I need a scale to tell me, oh, you should be in a bad mood today? Like, no. I mean, listen, if that's good for you, awesome. It is not good for me. And I find it very triggering. I find that it affects my mood. I find that it affects my food choices and it shouldn't. Speaking of food choices, okay, so you've got to take this significant or part-time break, or maybe this is permanent. Maybe you just like you're finally realizing, yeah, I can't work out as hard as I used to. My joints hurt. I don't have the same flexibility. I don't have the same time. Like for whatever reason, you can't work out the way you once did. Okay, fine. If 
get into your maintenance calories. Hopefully you know about where you should be in terms of your maintenance calories. And I know it's not all calories in, calories out. When I say calories, you know I'm talking about energy, right? And not all calories are created equal. But one of the things that we certainly have learned from this GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic, Manjaro, and you've seen those, I've done quite a few episodes breaking all that down, all of it. But the one thing that I think no one can deny even the people, and I've talked to hundreds of people who are on these drugs who have said nothing worked for me in the past. And I will ask them, why do you think this is working? They're like, I'm just not that interested in food. I'm just not eating much. Okay, well then that was the problem. I mean, I'm just repeating back what you said. Because some of these same people are like, they were the same people that were telling me I wasn't eating before. I was, I was hardly eating anything. I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know. I really am still kind of confused about that. And I think a lot of people are. But the doctors who are prescribing this stuff and those who are being pretty honest about the results are saying, like, I just am not, I'm not eating as much. I just have no interest in food. And so therefore, if they're eating less food, they have less energy and they're losing weight. All of that to say that it's energy in and energy out. And if you are unable to exert the same amount of energy because your workouts are not as intense or perhaps they've changed significantly, you don't need to and you don't want to significantly drop your calories. Putting yourself in that deficit is going to, in the long run, everyone has to repair their metabolism, right? Even when it is sometimes your appetite is drug dependent, right? Trust me, I don't come with judgment. I understand why somebody would choose that option. I understand that there are clear cases of why all of the factors related to obesity are so highly correlated with morbidity. Like, I mean, we just, obesity has so many negative side effects that I'm not going to judge anyone who has tried everything and this is working. But my point is this, if you dramatically reduce your calories, whether it is drug-induced or just discipline, and you do so dramatically, you run the risk of disrupting that homeostasis, your body's set point, where it's like, oh, okay, oh, okay. So you're eating so few calories now that we're going to slow the metabolism and we're going to make this your set point, which means you have a slower metabolism, which means you almost permanently have to eat less food. So while I know it's very tempting for you to dramatically reduce your calories if you are unable to exercise, I encourage you not to do so. If anything, you could fine-tune your macros, but I encourage you not to reduce. You know, Stay in a maintenance phase, maybe drop 10, 15% overall of your calories, but do not dramatically or drastically cut your calories. Remember, we don't earn our food. You're always burning calories. You don't have to go to the gym to burn calories. You're always burning calories. You know what's one of the best ways to burn calories? Using your brain. Your brain, like when you have to make difficult decisions or really focus and concentrate on something, like maybe even learning a new language, like maybe this is the time for you to focus on learning a new language. It is crazy the amount of energy your brain uses. So if you can't get to the gym right now, this week, if you can't train as hard as you once were, if you've got to take a temporary break, if life just serves you up an interruption of your normal routine, it's okay. It was meant to be. There's a reason for it. So relax. You're going to be okay. You're still enough. 
You're an amazing human being, whether you exercise every day or not. It doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with what makes you beautiful, what makes you an awesomely cool, dope-ass individual. Like, that has nothing to do with how awesome you are. The only reason why I want you exercising on a regular basis when you can is because you're going to live a little bit longer. But that doesn't mean every day. That doesn't mean killing yourself. That doesn't mean beating yourself into the ground. It certainly doesn't mean that you aren't entitled to and won't benefit from taking a break. So enjoy it, all right? I'm going to enjoy mine. Let me know if you've ever experienced this. How did it affect your mood? How did it affect your your mindset, your personality, your productivity, all of those things? And if you're in the middle of it right now, tell me how you're coping with it. Hey, I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. 